0: Hello, I'm Mike Baselli, your host for this podcast and the global community that has rallied around it. During this episode, I had the opportunity to spend time with a serial entrepreneur and globally-minded social impact innovator that I deeply admire and respect. Christian Cotaccini is a co-founder and CEO of HeroX, empowering everyday people to create, compete, and share X Prize style incentive contests to solve local and global problems. In short, HeroX's platform is the world's problem-solver community. During our time together, Christian shared his passion and commitment to empowering knowledge workers and the global economy they are creating. After three successful startup exits, Christian is more excited than ever to help innovate our world and to offer the HeroX platform to battle COVID-19. While recording and on the spot, Christian and I decided to share a sneak peek into a game-changing partnership we have created to help others take on the pandemic at scale. I'm incredibly grateful to be surrounded by innovative thinkers and doers like Christian, especially during these trying times. I can't wait for you to get to know Christian and experience his genuine spirit to make our world a better place, even while facing a global pandemic. Christian, welcome to our podcast, being recorded from my house in Denver, Colorado, in a makeshift podcast studio I fashioned together as we continue to shelter in place during the coronavirus pandemic. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm doing great, and I'm so excited to have you here. And I'm honored to spend time with you today, Christian, as I'm a huge fan of HeroX and all the wonderful work you and your team have been doing around the globe for many years and to also discuss some breaking news regarding your team's efforts to help battle COVID-19. But before we dive into your inspiring work and mission, a bit of housekeeping for our audience. While listening to any of our episodes, please make sure to join our free online community at PassionatePioneers.com in order to share feedback and ideas with our guests and interact with the global community. And lastly, please subscribe to the podcast. You will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Buscelli in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, Christian, it's almost time to chat about how HeroX is connecting everyday problem solvers to bring innovative thinking to the world. But first, let's take a moment to break the ice a bit so our community gets to know you. I'm going to randomly select one of three questions. Let's see what it comes up with. All right. Well, this uh, question is more salient than ever because we can't go to these places right now. Where is your favorite place on Earth and why?
1: Well, that's a good question. So I'd say my favorite place on Earth are new places. When I travel, I I love going to new places. I barely go back to places, but there is one place that's extra special for me, which is the helm of a sailboat. Um, I live in Vancouver. We have one of the best sailing grounds in the world. So what I do each summer is uh, we sail up north through the Inside Passage and and just sit there at anchor and watch the sunset and watch the world spin and the stars. It's something that I really cherish.
0: I do have Vancouver on the list. Believe it or not, I've been all over the world. I live just south of you down in Colorado. I've never been to Canada. Wow. I know, right? Wow. <laughs> but Vancouver is so high you on have the list. Yeah, Vancouver's high on the list. So now the question is for a newbie, do I come during the winter or do I come during the summer?
1: Depends on how much you like skiing. But if you want the full experience, I'd come in July or August.
0: Well good to know and that's noted. Well thank you for that, Christian. And when we can uh break away from sheltering in place, I'm gonna hurry up and get up to Vancouver as I've heard nothing but great things. So thank you for that. Well, let's start diving in, Christian. There's so much to cover today. You have a long storied history. You have done so many great things, multiple exits along your career path and journey. But we're really gonna focus in on on HeroX today and and the incredible work happening there and, and the work that is now more salient than ever, more needed than ever with the coronavirus pandemic. But before we dive in, Christian, let's take it back a bit. Can you let our community know how you got to where you are in founding HeroX years ago? Give us that journey and that aha moment, how it all came together.
1: Yeah, that sounds great, Mike. So, you know, I was uh, your typical you know, ADD dyslexic uh, student in high school, struggled through school, was always the most promising, bright student who was underperforming. And this this is back before you know, ADD was a thing. And I went to college, ended up dropping out, didn't like college very much. Again, that structure problem. I ended up dropping out, and starting my first company, and that company went public. Uh, it was in the uh, mobile security space, and a friend of mine shared the idea, and I fell in love with the with just the vision, the idea of taking an idea and making it real. And as I did it, I learned it was really hard work, but I learned I loved it. So I did uh, two other startups, both had successful exits. The last one, which was a cloud computing company, was purchased by Dell when Dell was going private. And uh, that was 18 years of back-to-back startup craziness. Uh, during that time, I got married, had three kids. And I woke up Monday morning after the deal had closed and I had nothing to do. I, my wife was wandering around the house. Are you looking for something? And I'm like, yeah, I am, but I'm not sure what. Because I, for the first time in a long time, I didn't have a startup or a project to worry about. And I hadn't thought about what I was going to do. So I ended up doing a sabbatical, I guess that's what you call it when you have nothing to do. And uh, very quickly got busy with travel, going to conferences, reading books, meeting people. And during that sabbatical, I got involved with XPRIZE. I met Peter Diamandis, the founder of XPRIZE. We became fast friends and started collaborating on a couple of different projects And about six months into my 12 month sabbatical, I started to get the itch to do do another startup. And um, I mentioned it to him and he had a project inside of XPRIZE to do a platform that would kind of make power crowdsourcing available to everybody. So after a couple of conversations, we decided to join forces and spin that off and that became HeroX and that's how we started.
0: So before we dive into Hero X, can you tell the audience, what was it like when you woke up the day after an exit, right? Everybody dreams of that moment. What was it like? I mean, yeah, you didn't have anything to do, but how did that feel? What changed in that moment for you?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. And so, you know, the, that that third exit uh, did really well. You know, I made a lot of mistakes in the earlier ones. And by the way, that could be a whole podcast in and upon itself. But, you know, I didn't have a management contract, I wasn't critical to the business. So I just, they just gave me a check. I signed all the documents at the lawyer's office. I got a check and I left. And that was the extent of my responsibilities. And that was really powerful because what, when you're an entrepreneur, what you get in an exit, you get money, but that's not what's really important. What you get is freedom. You get your future back to point in a new and a different direction. Uh, most entrepreneurs will will tell you that Uh, You know, doing a startup from conception to exit is, you know, 1% innovation and 99% perspiration and execution. It's a lot of hard work and you become very committed to that startup. Um, You don't have a lot of say, especially in the later stages of, of that startup in what you get to do. The company tells you what you get to do and you have to do it. So it can be a little suffocating, to be kind of constrained that way, at least for me, as, you know, typical ADD entrepreneur. So for me, it was really about getting freedom and then being able to repeat the cycle in a new direction.
0: Out of all the exits you had, we're going to get to HeroX in just a moment. Out of all the exits you had, what is the single biggest takeaway that you saw thematically through all three of those for all of our innovators and entrepreneurs listening in? The single biggest takeaway for all three.
1: There's about 13 takeaways, but the single biggest, I would say, is your mindset. And the way I would describe it is, um, like I'm I'm a parent, so I see a startup as kind of a child, and the goal of any good parent is to create an independent human being that thrives without you. And as entrepreneurs, our ego can often get in the way, and we can be too involved in a startup as it's becoming a business, as it's maturing. So what's really important is to make sure that that business is able to run and that your involvement is important and contributes, but your focus is more on the future and the vision and the company's running really well with the staff and the rank and file that you've put in place, because that's what they, you want them to buy. You want them to be able to see this business as something they can grab and take, and the least that you're tied to it, the better for the vast majority of of entrepreneurs that I've met. You know, those earnouts and management contracts and other things are, they're not good. I would not recommend them.
0: Thank you for the sage advice from somebody that's not done it just once, but several times over. Thank you for that, Christian. All right, let's start changing gears. Let's start diving into HeroX 2013. 2013- you start HeroX. I'm sure, of course, there were ideas around it before the formal, uh, you know, launch and start date. But you and your co-founder, mm-hmm. where did you see the opportunity in the market? Why at that time? So let's talk about how it started unfolding in 2013 and where you saw that opportunity and why.
1: Yeah, that's great. So so one of the common things among my startups is they were each in different fields. They were in fields I knew nothing about. I was an outsider, an amateur, and kind of jumped in and, and figured things out. And in the you know, the first startup, you know, that was just the case because I was, was my first startup when I was 20 years old. But I learned quickly that being an outsider is actually an advantage. I also learned that the power of market timing and the, the need to, you know, create real value for the world that you can't strategize yourself out of bad market timing or, you know, not solving a real, really important need. And a lot of entrepreneur suffering occurs. With when you're against those two things, Bill Gross actually, Bill Gross, one of the the early pioneers of the internet and Silicon Valley, actually has a great TED talk where he analyzes over 200 startups for what's the the causal factor of success, and his number one factor is timing. You get the timing right, uh, that uh, trumps a lot of um, other strengths. So when you know, I was looking at looking at different ideas and taking my time on picking ideas what was clear to me about this space about crowdsourcing is, you know, we've invented this thing called the internet. It's the ultimate crowdsourcing platform. It's really the ultimate innovation platform because it brings, it connects us all. It brings powerful network effects and powerful resources in near real time so that they're accessible. And yet we're not really leveraging it as much as what's possible in how we collaborate and how we work together. And a lot of futurists, A lot of books uh, about the future—they all point to the inevitable um, use of of the internet, the future of work, the inevitability of crowdsourcing and collaboration at scale. And yet, if you you know in 2013 especially, you looked at the kind of landscape, it was pretty poor. You know, there weren't a lot of of clear you know models and successes. And where crowdsourcing was most successful was either you know embedded in the business model of of a company. Or very target vertically focused, right? And the funny thing about crowdsourcing is that once it starts working, people stop calling it crowdsourcing and they just start calling it the thing. So you know, Airbnb is is a crowdsourcing platform. Uber is a crowdsourcing platform. Even Google differentiated Google to the 50 search engines that um, started before them and had 100% of the market before them was PageRank was crowdsourcing. Clickstream data and feeding that into the into the rankings, which we now take for granted, but back then it was a breakthrough idea and when I was looking at this and realizing that well, I believe I agree with this inevitable future, but we haven't figured out how to connect it and specifically, I was looking at the knowledge economy at knowledge work because unlike the other three sectors you know the economy you know agriculture, resource manufacturing services economy the knowledge economy is is where all the juice is it's what's going to pull the developing world into the middle class it's driving the gdp growth of most countries especially if you look forward you know the digital approaches even car manufacturers now see their cars as data platforms as as um, information platforms so the knowledge economy is really important and The great thing about the knowledge economy is it's location independent. You can work from anywhere because all the work product is digitally transmittable. So it was clear to me that, you know, there's a huge opportunity for us to create a platform that allows you to tap into the collective intelligence that's out there, which is growing, by the way, and is massive. And yet most organizations are still trying to solve their problems in their building. You know, when they have a problem, they want to, you know, invite team members and go to a board meeting and, and figure it out there. And yet, if you think about it, most of the, these tough problems, the best ideas are going to be out in the minds of people who don't work for you. And that kind of innovation, which by the way, is really what's powering Silicon Valley and, and why startups keep on disrupting big companies is because of that um, evolutionary ecosystem. That's natural in a in, in free market. We really saw that there was an opportunity to figure this out, but we had to reinvent the wheel. We had to figure out what's the missing model for crowdsourcing that doesn't exist yet in the marketplace. And that was how our journey started.
0: Did people think you guys were a little crazy at the time?
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. And I thought I was crazy. I mean, I didn't have any background in crowdsourcing and we just started with, you know, talking to customers and, and looking, finding projects. We didn't have a platform at the time. We had this huge chicken and egg problem. You know, anybody who's done an internet platform knows a multi-sided internet platform knows that the, the chicken and egg problem kills ninety five percent at least of startups. You know, that they you know, they need to use open table as an example, you know, you need diners and you need restaurants on the network. And so if you have no restaurants, how do you get the diners? And if you have no diners, how do you get the restaurants on the platform? And solving the chicken and egg problem is overwhelmingly the leading cause of death for startup platforms. And it's so easy as an entrepreneur to conceptualize your platform post chicken and egg. I mean, it's, it's so easy. It's, 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 an eloquent, elegant, forecastable, spreadsheetable business model, but how you get there is really tough. And so that was the first thing that we had, we had to tackle. So I was terrified when I started because I you know, knew nothing about it and I didn't know how we were going to get there. But the good news is we, we had a lot of success when we got there.
0: What were some of those early successes? I mean, there's so many to list. You guys have worked with the likes of NASA, Novartis. I, I mean, I can go on and on and on. There's some incredible projects within Hero X, but what were some of those early ones that really helped show the rest of the world and more importantly, to show you and your co-founder we're onto something?
1: Yeah, well, one of the first ones that one of the first successes was actually run by a Silicon Valley group called Smart Tech, and it was to basically look at how we can use technology. This is in a period where there was real spike in mass shootings in the U.S., and so they wanted to look at how can we use technology to make um, the Second Amendment safer, basically. And the, we, you know, we we published that out. We got some just amazing ideas. In fact, the winning solution, which was a fingerprint reader, a grip. That you could that would unlock a, a firearm and therefore prevent you know unauthorized users from being able to use the firearm, especially children, that technology was actually showcased, and that the innovator there actually was invited to the White House and met Obama and shared the technology with Obama, which was a really great moment and then one of our first NASA projects, because we were lucky enough and tenacious enough that NASA came out and put a an open innovation. Uh, RFP out, and we worked like dogs to get awarded it. And we were fortunately awarded it. This is about five years ago. And one of the first great challenges we we did with them was the space poop challenge. They had a funny acronym, you know, NASA. They, everything's an acronym, but we uh, said, "Hey, you should call it space poop." And to our surprise, they approved it. So we launched the space poop challenge. That's awesome. Uh, which was basically, you know. To help astronauts with a, a better solution for number two in space for the upcoming missions, the Orion program, uh, mission to the moon, uh, mission to Mars, where they have to um, wear space suits for radiation protection for a long period of time. And the current solution for that is is basically a diaper. And I don't know if you want to wear a diaper for four days. I mean, I wouldn't.
0: I don't want to wear one for um, one day. So,
1: exactly. Yeah. So that captured the imagination of many. We had over 20,000 participants. The winning idea was the collaboration of a a dentist, a flight surgeon, and a a design thinker, coffee enthusiast. And those three minds got together and they came up with the best ideas. NASA was extremely pleased with that project. And and we've since rolled out many projects with them. More recent one is called Exploring Hell, which is basically how to get a rover on Venus, which runs at about 900 degrees Celsius, which is over 2000 degrees Fahrenheit, and no microelectronics will work at those temperatures. So how the heck are you going to, this is really like a steampunk challenge, and how are you going to get a rover to work out there? And we're getting some amazing ideas from the crowd for that too.
0: That is so cool so many examples to share to our community, head over to herox.com and just look at the challenges. I mean, so exciting, so out there and so inspiring. And so let's actually, Christian, let's talk about current day. You know, here we are uh, in the middle of a pandemic, something that uh, I was talking to big time leaders in our space and the healthcare industry. And I asked this person and I'm very, very appreciative of and, and highly respect and said to this person, did you ever expect to see a pandemic in your life? And this person is in their 80s. And he said no. And I was like, wow, if this person said no, that's pretty profound. And so here we are. It is, uh, you know, beginning of April 2020, Christian, we are in the middle of this pandemic. And here is X you are joining the fight. Yeah. You're bringing the platform to the fight to help take down this virus. You want to share it a little bit with our community. It's, and, and I have some, I think we both have a little bit to share in just a moment about uh, some work that we're going to do together. But why don't you set the stage a bit and share with our healthcare innovation sure. community and our and our passionate pioneers, broader community, what is HeroX up to in regards to battling COVID-19?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So uh, let me take a half a step back and just talk a little bit about our our overall vision and then how COVID-19 fits into it. So even before COVID-19, if you were to talk to, you know, people about how things are in the world, you know, they would tell you that, you know, they almost feel overwhelmed by the amount of problems that exist in the world. And it's so counterintuitive, you know, we've built all this amazing technology and, you know, we have the internet and smartphones and supercomputers in our pockets and how is it that, you know, our problems seem to be propagating faster than solutions? And we, I've spent a long time, a lot of time looking at this scenario. And although there's some elements just about, you know, the problems being more visible, in fact, the rate of disruption has accelerated. And, you know, our lives are changing right under us very quickly. And you just think of the, on the positive side, you know, the, the for many people, the life-changing impact of things like uber and airbnb and how we do commerce and how we travel the gig economy and you know all the amazing things and then there's negative things negative unintended consequences of that and the reason that's happening is because what the internet has caused is basically network effects that allow most things in in our society and our economy to go on exponential curves so things propagate and grow exponentially because we've created we've connected everybody but the problem solving infrastructure that we have especially around society and government and public sector is still very linear you know we still are hiring fixed staff working in buildings and it's basically the, it's linear progress against an exponential rate of change so crowdsourcing the whole idea about crowdsourcing is it brings power of network effects to innovation, which is the exact antidote to dealing with this high rate of disruption. So if we can move faster on solving problems, responding to change, and where the problems are driven by network effects, we can bring those network effects to bear. That's going to equalize things and overall make the world a better place. Now along comes COVID-19, which although it's not driven by network effects of the internet, it's driven by network effects of the modernized world, international travel—you know—since the last pandemic scare, which was SARS-1, happened about uh, eight nine years ago, international travel has increased about 50 percent. And so, what's really caught everybody off guard is the uh, COVID-19 virus. Um, you know, got into all the countries, and the disease response was too slow. And so here we are, and it's spread out. So, and it is driven by exponential curves. So although it's not on the internet, it's a really good parallel of how the world works and what we're living in. So we have launched the COVID-19 Central Hub on HeroX. It's herox.com slash COVID-19. And we are working with some of the leading organizations, by the way, including XPRIZE and innovators and inventors and, and people that have crazy ideas and radical solutions and interesting ideas. People want to help academic institutions, government organizations, large companies, we're helping bring the power of the crowd to these projects. Um, we've already launched about 15 projects on our platform. We've got a pipeline for uh, over a hundred more. We're offering the use of our platform pro bono for nonprofit organizations and nonprofit projects. We're going to support them. We're going to get them on our platform. We're going to help with their outreach and connect them to the ecosystems that they need to be connected to. So we're working really hard on that. XPRIZE is doing some amazing work there as well that we're involved in. And the whole idea here is, you know, let's take all of this horsepower, these innovations, let's get them in the right ecosystem. Let's get people who are sitting on their couch, watching CNN, getting really negative. Let's give them a way to be part of the solution and contribute their the creativity and their expertise because there's a lot of expertise out there that's sitting on the sidelines. They are literally been told to stay home at work. And we have an opportunity now to give these people an opportunity to be part of the solution, find a project to collaborate with, whether it's a couple hours, a weekend, whether it's a larger involvement, that's what we're
0: going to do. Wow. That's exciting. And, And can you let the community know how many projects are already on there?
1: So there's 15 on the COVID-19 microsite again, slash covid 19 and we have a pipeline of over 100 that we've got. We're we're sifting through them. We're we're trying to pick the, you know, the the, the high impact projects, promote them and and support them the most, and also work at connecting innovators together. We're also connecting them with um, government uh, institutions, larger companies, investors, even to try to bring as much impact and value as we can to these promising ideas, Uh, covering a wide range of the challenges, by the way, of COVID-19, which are going to be with us for a while. and We can probably talk about that in a minute, what the future looks like. But um, we're creating this pipeline, and we just announced it actually on on Wednesday, and we're now adding a lot more content onto the site. We're adding sign-up pages. Uh, People can proactively come there and they can sign up to be a volunteer. They can share what kind of work they're looking for, what their skill set is, and we'll help match them up with the projects that they should be looking at. And then we're also reaching out to the teams working on these different projects and asking them, hey, what do you need help with? Have you thought about doing crowdsourcing? If they're not already doing crowdsourcing, have you thought about doing crowdsourcing? And so we're helping them as well. And by doing that matchmaking, you know, we're really going to bring a lot of value to the ecosystem.
0: Well, let's uh, also talk about some of the things in, that we're going to do together. Uh, should we share it with them, Christian? Yes, I think we should. Let's do it. You know what? You're the CEO of HeroX. This is my podcast. Why not? Let's do it. So, you know, to our audience, obviously, I'm not a full-time podcaster. This is one of my side hustles, if you will. But my day-to-day role and what I'm fully dedicated on right now is our efforts over at Burst IQ. And as many know, if they're following my work, uh, we are a, a company that's building a platform to create health profiles for people, places, and things and to empower the interactions between them at scale. So we're creating a very secure and compliant platform to help with data management and connectivity of data. And Christian, you know, as well as I do, one of the big ways that we're going to battle this epidemic and help empower all of those innovators and all of those people around the world is through the power of connectivity and the power of data. So I am incredibly proud to let our community know, Burst IQ and HeroX are formally partnered to continue to work together to take down COVID nineteen. Were there any things that you wanted to share about our partnership that uh, we're going to be unveiling over the coming weeks?
1: Well, it's like chocolate and peanut butter; it goes great together. You know, I love what Burst IQ is doing. Data and access to data is one of the one of the major constraints um, that we see in crowdsourcing. You know, the innovators, the solvers out there in the community, they need access to data in order to you know, understand the problem and be able to do their creative thinking. Companies have the data and they don't know how to share it in a safe and appropriate way You know that can't be abused or, or misused or violates the, you know, the regulatory climate that they're in. That's a huge issue. It's, it's like an immune system to you know, sharing. And yet crowdsourcing is all about sharing. So I'm really excited about this partnership. Because this is one of the key kind of infrastructure elements that I really see as important to that future I, I talked about earlier. And we bring the, the collaboration, the matchmaking, kind of a social network for innovation. You guys bring um, the way to safely and appropriately share data that, where the custodians of the data are comfortable with it so we can get their okay to share the data. It's really a great combination.
0: Yeah, we couldn't be more excited, uh, Christian. You know, we, we've been having a series of calls between our team members over the past couple of weeks, and wow, it is match made in heaven. I mean, the process, the back-end platform you have to run these challenges and to connect the innovators and to bring people together on a global scale, that's not us at Burst IQ, but what we are Absolutely prolific at and experts on is again what you were mentioning that 's the, the safe transference and the security of data, creating traceability, auditability, a granular consent of data to not have it living in silos and to be able to share it freely but still remain the owner of that data, so we could not be more excited with this partnership not only for covid nineteen but moving forward uh, just in mass so on behalf of our team at Burst IQ, Christian, know that we are incredibly excited to roll up our sleeves alongside you and the community that you've amassed around the world to help, again, take down this COVID-19 virus. So we're so excited. Absolutely, yeah. I'm excited, too. Well, let's look to the future and start wrapping this up. Christian, I know you should have a lot of work over there to do, so we're going to get you back to it. But let's talk a little bit about the future. What do you see? So when you first started this, this company, I even asked you, did people think you were crazy? Yeah. We're still, as yeah. a as a society, still trying to even wrap our head around this knowledge economy. I think people don't even know what that term still means today. What do you see in the next, you know, one to three, two to three, three to five years around these ideas that you have, where HeroX is going to go, and more importantly, how is it going to continue your ideas and your mission? How is it going to continue to solve threats just like a coronavirus that threaten all of us around the world. How are things going to continue to evolve and where do you see things heading?
1: Yeah, well, so I recently read the book, sapiens um, which for your listeners, if Great you haven't book. already read, read Sapiens, it's an amazing book. And it, it puts everything into a grand historical perspective. And what's really interesting about it is it really just shows that, you know, human beings, we're, we're tool makers, you know, we're creators. That's what differentiates us from, you know, other species. And that's how we succeeded. And so, you know, from the invention of fire forwards, we've invented things, we call them technology for a while, and then they just become things, right? And every time we do that, we leap forward. But we also create unintended side effects. You know, the move from hunter-gatherer to agriculture to farming, you know, had unintended side effects. And when we moved into cities, it created an explosion of the middle class and, you know, new professions, And amazing things, art, uh, science, music, all possible by the creation of cities. But it also created pandemics, right? Plagues and disease. So then we invented modern sanitation and we keep on iterating forward. And so far, knock on wood, you know, we've, we've done well. We've succeeded. We've overcome every obstacle. But every time we, we move forward, we create a new invention, a new technology that is scaled. Um, it has side effects. And then that's the imperative for innovators to step forward and solve those problems. And, you know, that's something that HeroX is focused on bringing at scale a global talent market of innovation and creative thinking that's tapped into by organizations of all shapes and sizes. We think this is going to become as common as social media marketing is as a way to use networks to communicate with your consumers and your customers We see crowdsourcing on HeroX and many other places as a common tool that organizations use to tap into the creative collective intelligence of people that don't work for them. And that's really exciting. And that's a needed tool and fully realized we're going to see governments and organizations be able to respond quickly and powerfully to be able to absorb new ideas, um, pivot their organizations Adopt new technologies and new techniques. Take risks on innovation, because you can't, without risk taking, you don't have innovation. Just ask Blockbuster. And so, you know, I see this as a societal imperative to make crowdsourcing mainstream in the minds of those, you know, in positions of power, those with respons- responsibilities in government. And we want to just make that super easy for everybody to be able to do crowdsourcing. And, Crowdsourcing I really see is like the Wi-Fi for labor. It doesn't replace in-house people. Doesn't replace the gig economy where you're sourcing experts that you're gonna you know give work to. It's complementary to those two models. And of all the work and the the challenges and the the tasks that organizations face, some of them are really good to do in-house. You know, if you want your monthly financial statements done. You kind of want that done by you an know, in-house team or a you know, team closely connected to you, customer service. But design ideas, adopting new technologies, um, thinking of new ways to please your customer, getting feedback on how to better design things. There's so many areas where the best ideas are going to be out in the ecosystem, out in the minds of people who don't work for you. And that power is what we really want to bring to the world and make it a mainstream regular activity.
0: How exciting. Wow. That is a very exciting future. And one I know that you are going to definitely execute on Christian. So thank you for sharing that. I now want to practice a little crowdsourcing on our podcast that we do every show. Uh, We actually flip the script for our guests and uh, we're going to do some crowdsourcing for you. We have an amazing global community rallied around this podcast over at passionatepioneers.com and we always want them involved to help leaders just like you. So Christian, could you share with our community one problem, need, or question that you or HeroX has that you're currently working on? that the community can contemplate or help you with?
1: Well, so what I would say was go to the, you know, COVID-19 page, herox.com slash COVID-19 and, you know, bring your creative thinking. On that page, you're going to be able to sign up as the matchmake with another project. You're going to meet some really amazing people that you can collaborate with. You can share your ideas. You can share a solution that you have. You can apply to be um, published on that page and um will help support your project. Um this is an opportunity for us to show the internet you know has fundamentally transformed us from a mass market where we watch news, you know, and listen to all the bad things in the world and then we go to an office and work in a cubicle to a collaborative ecosystem on the internet. And you know we invite everybody to participate that way. Um, you know, there's so much talent out there. It's embedded in the name of our company, you know, Hero X. Is everybody's a hero for something? We want to help people find their hero's journey, and so that's really um, what we can do. People can even help by finding projects they like and helping promote them and support them, and manage communities, share on social media. There's so much people can do um, to become part of the solution. I'd like to be able to look back at uh, this pandemic. Um, you know, obviously it's been terrible. It's going to continue to uh, devastate lives and. change us in bad ways, but it's also an opportunity to bring the best out in us. And I'd love an opportunity for people to be able to look back and say that they were part of the solution, that they took action, they got involved, they made a difference. Even if it's making a difference for one person or one family or one neighborhood, everybody has an opportunity to participate. And that's really what I'd ask people to do.
0: I love it. And we'll include this in the episode notes as well, Christian, but uh, for everybody listening in, it's HeroX.com slash COVID-19. Again, those will be found in the episode notes as well as in Christian's topic page over at PassionatePioneers.com. So head over there, free uh, online community, we'll link back to it. Uh, So Christian, let's start wrapping it up here. Where are some other points of contact online that our community can get a hold of you or HeroX or, or anywhere else you'd like to point us?
1: Great. Well, listen, if anybody wants to reach out, if anybody has a, an, you know, an idea to share or wants to get involved, you can always email me. Uh, my email address is Christian at com. That's Christian, like the religion at email.com. And, you know, please um, reach out that way. You can also find me on, on LinkedIn. We have a Twitter hashtag, which is uh, I am hero X. Um, so you can get us on Twitter or just come to hero X.com um, sign up and you can message uh, anybody in that uh, community, including myself on HeroX,
0: That's awesome. You'll also be able to get a hold of uh, HeroX and uh, all the wonderful work they're doing with us over at Research Foundry, the initiative-free global public utility that we just launched at Burst IQ over at researchfoundry.com. So, again, look for some big Mm -hmm. press releases around this awesome partnership that we just discussed earlier. Um, And again, Christian, on behalf of our team at Burst IQ, uh, we're really excited to continue to roll our sleeves up together. So, I know there's going to be much more we're going to be rolling out together over the coming weeks. But now it's time to take us home. I got to fill in the blank for you, Christian. I'm a passionate pioneer because
1: I believe in human ingenuity, the power of human ingenuity.
0: I love it. Well, Christian, thank you so much for spending time with us today. I know how busy you are, I know how busy your team is, and I know how incredibly dedicated all of you are at this time to fight this pandemic and to rally everybody around the globe to get involved. I'm so appreciative of all your work, your dedication, and your passion that you brought not only today on this podcast, but that you bring every day to your work. And more importantly, I'm so thankful to be able to call you a friend. Thank you for spending time with us today, Christian.
1: Yeah, thanks, Mike. This has been great. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Basselli.